At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. They're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams. Bet Rivers, as you covered, they've launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your bot podcasts. Been too long. We catch up with the great Michael Lombardi. Lombardi line, uh, GM Shuffle. Uh, big fan of his work, and he joins us now. First of all, we haven't talked to you. Congratulations. What does this mean to you and your family? Your son is the O.C., at a young age of the Raiders. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's certainly a great honor, and we're so proud of him. And, and to do it with the Raiders, you know, we he grew up a Raider. I mean, he was living – we moved to uh, Oakland when he was in the fifth grade. And so he went from fifth grade all the way through high school as a Oakland Raiders. So, you know, he went from a little kid running around that locker room stealing uh, wristbands and old shoes to now being a coordinator. So he's grown up, and we're really proud of him. I mean, it's a great moment for him, and and it's a great opportunity. And so with Josh McDaniels and and their team there in Las Vegas with Dave Ziegler running it, I think they're gonna they're gonna get this thing turned around. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, Michael. So we started the show today, uh, getting into kind of a verbal fisticuffs, if you will over the Colts landing Matt Ryan. Uh, I thought it was a good move, giving up a third-round pick, and the Falcons are going to eat that contract now. I called him an upgrade over Carson Wentz, um, and right now they're pretty much you know, co-favorites with the Titans to win that division. What did you think of that deal yesterday? I actually thought it was a smart move for him because the two factors here, you know, there's no quarterback in this draft. I think the over under on quarterbacks in the first round is three and a half, which I would find that hard to believe that that three and a half, that three teams, four teams would pick quarterback. There's not four good quarterbacks in this draft, let alone pick them in the first round. So, you know, there's no quarterback that they could pick. I mean, the Colts basically have told you that with this move. And then they get a veteran guy who's been hit way too much. Granted, He's been hit way too much and he could still move a little bit and he could still make plays behind a really good team. I mean, this is a situation where Atlanta was a bad team with a good quarterback and the, and the Colts were a good team with a bad quarterback. And so now they get a good quarterback to go with a good team. And I think it gives them a chance. And, you know, with Houston rebuilding Jacksonville rebuilding, you know, they've got to play Tennessee better, but I think with the improvements on defense with Gus Bradley, and I think with the offense without having Wentz throw the ball left-handed, I think Matt Ryan will come in and play well for him. What happens to your guy Baker? You know, I don't know. You know, quarterbacks, I've said this on my show, quarterbacks are like musical chairs, right? There's 32 chairs. And if you don't get a chair, when the music stops, you're out. So where's Jimmy G go? Everybody says Seattle, but Seattle seems to be, whether it's true or not, or just, or just they're talking themselves into it. They seem to be in love with Drew Locke. How? I don't know, but they are. Let's just say that they are. Okay. But I don't know if they want to invest $18 million into Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns overplayed their hand. I think Baker Mayfield, they're going to have to cut Baker Mayfield. There's no value. Oh. There's no value. Who wants wow. him at this point? Here's the problem. It isn't that nobody wants him as a player. 
You have to separate the two things, the player and the money. No one wants the $18 million with not a year next on the contract. So you're going to have to redo the deal. So let's just say if he's available as a free agent or the contract's gone, sure, would Seattle sign him for $6 million and $6 million? Maybe they would do that. You know, maybe the Panthers would do that. I don't know. But at $18 million with no next season and the idea that this kid thinks he's going to make somewhere between $35 and $45 million going into the next year is kind of hard to deal with. So it's more the contract than a lack of respect for the player. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to play your game of musical chairs, I think, I mean, we are down to two teams right now, right? I mean, that would be Carolina and possibly Seattle. You brought up both teams. I don't see either one of them going after Baker Mayfield. And then it comes down to Garoppolo. And I think, I mean, Mayfield's probably going to have to be a, I mean, imagine that number one pick in the draft Want he, you know, he eventually wanted 35 to 40, like you just said, <laughs> and he might have to suck it up and be a backup somewhere. He's going to have to be, I mean, you know, and that's the market. I mean, you know, what happened and the problems that Baker had in Cleveland are going to follow him to the next team. He doesn't throw the ball well in a drop back pass game. He gets way too many balls tipped at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he averages over six balls tipped almost every single game. And you could say, well, they're just tipped. No, the defense got their hands on him. And when the defense gets their hands on the ball, that's a problem, right? And so, you know, like the, the Browns, as much as they wanted it to work with Mayfield, and they could say, well, it was personalities. It was really the fact that they're up twenty, that they're behind twenty-two seventeen in a divisional playoff game against Kansas City two years ago with the ball with six minutes to go, and they've got to throw dropback passes, and he can't make a throw, and they can't get the ball outside to the receivers. They have to watch Beckham go out to Los Angeles and play way better than he played in Cleveland. I mean, this is, these are the issues with a quarterback who can't see. It's the same problem with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can't see either, you know, and, and when he gets stuck in yeah. the pocket and he's forced to play from behind center, it becomes an issue. You worked for Haslam. You, you were a former NFL executive. I mean, how shocked were you with what they did with the Watson deal in a, in a $74 million raise in light of what's going on with his personal life? I think not only was I shocked, this is an NBA deal. I asked yeah. yesterday in the league if this deal, typically all these guaranteed contracts are not buttoned up. They're not NBA deals. They're not fully guaranteed for skill and injury. I was told yesterday by a prominent agent that this deal is buttoned up, that what happens is when you, agree, when you guarantee a contract fully over future years, the rules of the NFL – and this goes back to 1960, the rules of the NFL, after a million dollars starting in March of the following year, whatever's guaranteed in that point, you have to fund to the league office. Well, no team wants to do that. It affects your cash flow. It affects your ability. So it ha- if it's guaranteed for skill and injury, you've got to fund it. If it's only guaranteed for skill or injury, you don't have to fund it. This one, they have to fund, which is going to make every other owner in the league upset because their star quarterback's going to come in and say, well, wait a minute. Don't tell me you can't fund this. Don't tell me I can't have skill and injury. They just gave a guy who's got 22 civil complaints going against them a fully guaranteed contract. I, I think uh, I think Haslam's going to have a hard time when he goes to his next league meeting because the other mm. owners are going to be upset with him. I think that's very mm. well said. Predict how long the suspension's going to be for Watson. I, you know, this is a hard one. I mean, different, people, people tell me different things, and, and I don't think you can get 22 people ever to agree on anything. So we have to really understand that in spite of the grand jury not, not filing charges, 
there's some serious issues that remanate here. And it depends on what the commissioner, I mean, you don't know what he wants to do. I mean, he suspends Tom Brady for four games for, for overblown footballs. And then, you know, sometimes he goes one game. I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill never got suspended. So I, I can't predict when it comes to these matters, but I would, uh, my instincts tell me at least six games, but look, the Browns are playing the long game. If it's 10 games, the Browns, but here's what I would say about suspension. Mm. They start at the beginning of the year. So let's say it's four games. Well, that's the month of September. You can always rally back after a bad month of September. The problem is when you lose your quarterback in December and January, that you can't rally back from. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Very good. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm shocked by it, but you're not surprised. Can you believe this Urban Meyer piece and the stuff that no. the, the stuff that was in? I mean, they didn't know who Aaron Donald was. I, he didn't know anything. I mean, you know, he's a. I mean, there, there's we have betters that listen to our network that know way more about football than he does. I mean, come on, it's seriously. I mean, look, he told you everything he needed to know, and I went berserk on the air with it. He, when he signed Tim Tebow, he told me everything I needed to know about how he didn't understand the NFL. It made no sense. It made no sense. And look, Urban is a guy that is all related to stars. He wants to, you know, five star. That's why he picked Haskin over Burrow. He doesn't get enough grief for, for, for Burrow transferring to LSU and him picking Haskins. He doesn't even get enough grief for that. I mean, the guy isn't a football guy. He's a recruiter. There's difference. And in college, yeah. you can get away with that. In pro football, you can't. Well said. Uh, you've been around the league for a long time. And involved with the league, and all. Have you ever, or you talked to any of your buddies? You ever watch a game because of an announcer? I make eighteen million no. a year, Aikman, Al Michael. It's, it's a wild, wild west with these announcers. It's unbelievable. If you're a coach in the league and you're sitting there saying, "Wait a minute, they can afford to pay these guys eighteen million." I mean, I don't learn one thing. I mean, at some point, you want to teach. Now, here's what I would say, and I'm right, working on this book, uh, my next book about the NFL, and in one of the chapters is about television. And and people watched Howard Cosell. There's no doubt. Monday yeah. Night Football became an event. Yes. I mean, it became such a big event that the bowling leagues, and I know you guys are too young to remember, but there was a time in America where Monday Night Bowling leagues were the hit of the. Uh, of the world, right? People were bowling every Monday night. There were lanes that cities had three or four lanes, leagues all over. Monday night football created the dry up of those bowling leagues. People wanted to stay home. They wanted to watch Cosell. They wanted to look at the halftime highlights and they wanted to look at the commercials too. It was a trifecta of events. Cosell drove that, drove those ratings. He became bigger than that life. But other than that, other than Cosell, our Brent Musburger, and the great John Madden, they're the only three people that drove the NFL to where people wanted to watch. Very good spot today. Catch the well Lombardi line coming up at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, right here on VEASAN. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank yep. you, sir. I would also add Michaels to that list that he just threw out there. Because Michaels is one of the best play-by-play -play guys of all time. Well, he is, and it was certainly a great resume in many, yep. many sports. But I don't know if I... Oh, oh the meaningless game, no, I have to... That's why McVeigh should have actually considered that, that offer. yeah. yeah. How about the you don't have to coach anymore? Sure. How about the Meyer piece? Oh, it doesn't surprise me. My God. Nothing, any negative story that's written on him, I automatically b believe it. He threatened to cut players for preseason mistakes, saying you couldn't get a job paying more than 15 an hour. He belittled John Brown. Well, that story about it, you can't, uh, I mean, he, he flat out said transcripts, you, you, can't, yeah. you can't trust the uh, transcripts from players from the South. Yes. Ridiculous. Uh, he should be blackballed from the league for a comment like that. Yep. You think, who's 99? Will it be a problem for us? Then no Debo Samuel. I actually I mean, thought that comment was a joke. <laughs> yeah. That he was having fun with oh it. Oh, my God. At first. The, the Tebow stuff, too. 
I mean, he's not even on the team. Let him come in. Let him come in and use the workout facility and all this. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah, the, the good guys point. couldn't believe it. The, the, where was it? Uh, it was the most toxic environment they've ever been a part of. I said football operations. Good point from Lombardi. The second he signed Tebow, yeah. uh, signals and alarms should have been going off the whole time. Up next, we'll recap a little NBA, touch on tonight's card. They became the fifth team to accomplish this since the 82-83 76ers. All four previous teams won the title. The Sports Betting Network. Love Wendy's and the breakfast, and it's official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from their stack starting lineup, the breakfast baconator, the coffee, the croissant combos, the oven-baked sizzling bacon, the cracked eggs, breakfast potatoes, OJ. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Okay, so you you showed a picture earlier today of a blackjack hand where a guy was splitting, and I promise I'll, we'll get to the NBA and I'll pay off the tees here in a minute. Uh, but he had eight three eight three six yeah. four were the were the hands out there, and yeah. you said that you like your the cards down. When I double down, I want it down. So do like I. like the picture. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't want to see it. Right. Yep. Um, but this also the game is here at the D circa and Golden Gate. You get coins if you play that. Uh, free, it's called free bet, I believe. But you get coins for the side bets, and that could get up, you know, 10, 20, 40 to 1 odds. So he'd get a, you get a coin if you get a, if it's a free double down, 9, 10, 11, or if you get a, a pair, get free split as well. Okay. So that's just, I mean, look at that. He's got, he's got four, he's got uh, three 11s and a 10. Yeah. Okay. So the palm reader's checking in. Told us earlier, blackjack dealer, he doesn't like that move as a dealer, it ruins their mojo. So he's going back and forth with uh, followers today, and guys are like, "I don't care about your mojo. I want to. I want to. It's about me playing, and I want to enjoy the experience." Uh-huh. So he said, "Okay." Uh, he's telling us a good guest would be a former dealer willing to spill the beans on top annoyances. Sure. Uh, number one, this is from a guy who used to deal blackjack, and I can imagine this. Oh boy, dude that walks up with a hundred, well, a cool, crisp hundred dollar bill and says, "Quote: I'll tip if I win." And he acts like he's a big shot. Mm. That's got to be fun to deal with, huh? Mm. Uh, number two, standing on A6, even after being told probably several times, standing makes no sense. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. Sir, ma'am, whatever, uh, A6, Ace. no, you want to hit that every single time. Sure. No, I'm good with my soft 17. They don't know it's a soft 17. Uh, dude, number three, dude that complains after seeing his first two cards every single hand. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I can picture that guy, right? No matter what the cards are. Ah, Christ, can you believe this? <laughs> right? Uh, and then number four, he actually says face down in a double down. Doesn't like it. Ah, come on. Boy. Good good info. Good uh, good tweets, though, as well. It's tough. I mean, tip these people. I know, you know it's hard. You got to get to deal with people and the smoke and everything with uh, what they have to endure with a shift. But uh, And they also were put in a bad spot where it was them. And not security. They had to enforce like the mask stuff too. Yeah. When people were sitting at the table, and then you come down yep. and you get a drink, and that that was tough as well. Um, so you think it's over regardless, but it's really over if Milwaukee wins tonight. They're up two on the Bulls. Freak's going to play. Middleton looks like he's out. If they win, it's essentially a four-game lead because they have the tiebreaker, and they're two and zero against the Bulls. And the Bulls uh, last check, I believe, two and sixteen on the season against teams with a better record. 
uh, entering the game. Well, Paul, believe it or the, not. You get the bad news on ball, too. Yeah, well, that's that's, just, that's uh, not yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, Billy Donovan actually told reporters like uh, it's, it hasn't been good when he's trying to like you know go out there and give it a run. It hasn't been good, so they're gonna have to, they're gonna be yep. slow with his return. So we only have like 10, 11, 12 games left of the entire regular season. Well, some teams only nine or ten, a little yeah. bit less than that. Yeah, April ninth, whatever that whatever that Sunday is of the Masters. Yeah, April 9th or tenth, the final day of the regular season. So that's, this is uh, right, and you can see you can find the Bulls ten to one to win the division. Now, they're also on a back-to-back, too, coming off the big win against Toronto because the Bulls don't want to be in that playing round. But they sat freak Saturday in the loss against Minnesota, so I think they'll be ready to go at home and move to 3-0 and against the Bulls and essentially wrap up the and division And take care tonight. of business tonight. This will, this will pretty much wrap up the division. Okay, so they're not in action tonight, but again, to pay off the tease here, ESPN Stats and Info had this. The Phoenix Suns will be the fifth team, think about this for a second, to spend more than 20 days as the only team with 50 wins in a season and the first since the 1982-83 76ers, the previous four teams to do so went on to win the title that season. So they've had 50 wins for so long, it's coming up on three weeks now and nobody else, nobody's joined them in that club yet. And it's four for four in history of winning titles. Killing people. Oh, they're the best team in the NBA. Story. Yeah, now 175, 175 favorites to win the Atlantic now. How about that? Oh, no, no, the Suns I'm talking about. Oh, so excuse me, yeah. Suns, yeah. Suns. Okay, look, oh, okay. Hey, I, I, I was looking at the top with the Celtics tweet. Oh, okay, though, yeah, right? we're, we're going to get this one as well. Yeah. We're going to do this one on top of that. I would take, give me, you know what, this might, give me Suns-Celtics for the NBA sure, title right sure. now. Well, I keep saying it's wide open. I can't wait for the playoffs. I could be wrong. Maybe the Suns just rip, go right through it. How about the Anthony Davis comment? Well, they, they knew they got away with one last year in the playoffs. Then I got hurt. We would, well, all right, you might play him. I would not want to make that good. comment. Yeah. Let's put that up, though, if we can. Was that, did you guys show that already, or was that in the preview? We can put that up here again on Micah Adams with the Celtics, to your point, yeah. uh, and how well that they've played their, uh, their winning margin in games like 51 through 72. It's like the second best margin of victory ever. And every Nuts. other team on this list has yeah. also won the title. And up 24 last night in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Then they went to sleep. And I'm telling you, uh, Tatum had 36 last night. You might have something there. If I, they get the one seed? I bet him again I mean, at 200 to one yesterday. <sighs> this could be our Salvador Perez in the NBA. Celtics have won nine of 10. They lost on a three with like, what, two seconds left at home against Dallas. They beat Golden State on the road 110 to 88. They beat SAC 126 to 97. They went to Denver and won by 20. Uh, the, the win last night, again, they were up 24. They beat Detroit by 11. They beat Charlotte by 14. That's the other thing about the, the um, uh, Sixers want no part of the Nets. The Celtics will say, come on, bring it. And our buddy Chad Anderson, Denver, says Boston will take care of the Nets. He agrees with me, by the way, on yeah. Tatum. He found him 500 find, to 1. Yeah, okay. He goes, they're, well, it's they're like, should... they got to get the one. But, I mean, certainly they, they can because the, 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 the Sixers don't want it. And they're only two back of the heat. And Ch- Chad follows the league very closely. He's also been betting for like 20-plus years, whatever. He thinks that Tatum, there should be a push for Tatum to win the MVP. He caught the program yesterday. He goes, I- I've been thinking it myself. By the way, so well, that's, that's the list they're on right now. We're talking okay. about three of MJ's teams with the Bulls, the 07 Spurs, uh, the 1960s with the Celtics, and then Lou Cinder's team with the Bucks. That's yeah. the list. Great tweet from Adams. D- does the slow start hurt him at all, though? Where they were, I think they started 18 to 21, and then they have that great record no. since Smart came back. No, here's what hurts them more than anything, is that it's it's a narrative award, 
and there's been so much steam on Embiid and, and Jokic for, what, three months now, that I think actually getting into that conversation with them and breaking that seal to enter the conversation is just so difficult to do at this point, which it shouldn't be. Yep. I'd lean Hawks tonight. Check the status of Bogdanovich, though. If, the, if Bogdanovich plays, I like Atlanta. They, they get busy living or get busy dying. They have to get going here. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're, well, we were a little bored. Asinine comments. But uh, now the 10th seed, they're going to make the, the get in the play-in round. But 10 games under 500 on the road, 0-3 this year against the Knicks. They're on national television. Let's go, Atlanta. Come on. You went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Pick it up a little bit. Uh-huh. Got to win this game. But I need Bogdanovich to play as well. Now it's down to one and a half. I would I agree got. with that. Yes. And yep. yeah, and, and Denver now lost three in a row at home, too. And they because all those teams are stacked up there in the West. Uh there's five hundred to one on Illinois, by the way. Uh, in Illinois, Bet Rivers on uh, on Tatum. Okay. But uh the other game too, because you you're you're so stacked up in the West about you don't want to be in a playing round that all these teams are bunched up. With Utah, Dallas, Denver, and Minnesota. Big win last night for the Mavs. And uh, Denver in action in their 42-30. and 30. Minnesota comes back into the seventh seed now with the loss last night. That would, have been, that would have been a huge win for the T-Wolves Denver last night. Been, yeah, they were on fire. Just to still remain yeah. ahead of the Nuggets in the standings? Half. Bad second quarter. Yeah. Uh, right. And Utah with the loss 45-27. and 27. You know, I also bet the Bulls twice yesterday at uh, plus 310. These are smaller bets. But plus 310 to get in that play-in tournament. I bet the Cavaliers as well. They were plus 210 to get in the play-in tournament. Uh, and right now, Chicago's the five. Cleveland's a six. Chicago has a two-and-a-half game lead over Toronto. Cleveland only a one-game lead over Toronto. But again, this Bulls schedule, and with the news of ball yesterday, I know they got Williams back. Well, here comes a road trip now for Chicago. It's, it's a long it's roadie. Tonight at Milwaukee, Thursday at New Orleans, Saturday at Cleveland, Monday at New York, Tuesday at Washington. And then, I'm telling you, April... They get Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Charlotte, and at Minnesota. Yeah, but you don't know what those teams are going to do, though. On paper, it's difficult. But I'm, there's going to yeah. be so all oh, the shenanigans in the final week of the season. Do we want to? We want to play this team. We want to avoid that team. I mean, look uh, what, and and there actually might be could be like money line parlays that would make some sense at that point. But the information you're going to have to be ahead of the information on something like that every single day and pay attention on social media and Twitter. Because when we do our show, we're going to have no information for the NBA in the mm-hmm. final week. We won't know who's playing, who's not playing uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning. There's no way. That news will come out throughout the day and then in the morning. But you're right. That's a good word. The shenanigans down the stretch in the NBA. Complete shenanigans. Yep. So it'll be. And it'll be coming from up above top guys, especially Maury. They don't want to see Durant. Right, let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Matt Humans on the show. Coming up next. Uh, we'll ask him about the short numbers. While Arizona, now a point and a half to win cover against Houston. Also, Texas Tech opening the favorite against Duke. And what he likes in the Sweet 16, that's coming up here on Beeson. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Bet River Sportsbook offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that provide extra value. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Time for Matt Humans. 
Get point spread weekly every week. And uh, joins us now to talk college hoops and give us some leans and plays. How about the Big Ten? They got nine teams and they're down to two. Rough go of it so far. Yeah, it's a rough go. I can't say it's a big embarrassment for the Big Ten yet, though, because if Michigan or Purdue happen to make a run here um, in the Sweet 16 or one team gets to the Final Four, mm-hmm. it's still not a disaster like it was last year. Uh, that was a, a total disaster for the Big Ten a year ago, but uh, they got a shot here. Purdue's got a, a pretty decent path in the uh, East region, and uh, Michigan's, I think, live right now. So mm. even though the you know seven of the nine teams are gone, the SEC looks worse. Five of the six SEC teams are gone. It's down to Arkansas, so it's probably going to be all six done uh, by this weekend. You know, I was having a really good tournament until Sunday, and I played uh, Wisconsin, and I played Texas plus four against Purdue. And, I, you know, it's just one of those deals where the uh, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, the luck factor doesn't go your way, and that's life. And uh, Wisconsin – might still be alive if Chucky Hepburn doesn't leave with an injury in the first half, and he's scoreless in the game. The Badgers couldn't run a half-court offense without him. I think they scored two points in the first eight minutes of the second half, and that sunk the Badgers. And then uh, Purdue has a, you know, a plus 30 or so advantage in the free throws, and Jaden Ivey just hit two big threes. It was a three-point game with a minute to go when he hit that, uh, let's see, 28-footer. And uh, if he doesn't make that, who knows? We probably got a different result, but that's the way it goes. So Purdue and uh, Michigan, I think, got a decent shot here. Okay, so then are you on? To me, I think Jay Wright's probably the best coach remaining in the tournament. Love the guy. Been sensational. They're lane five now against the Wolverines. Are you making your case here for Michigan? I am going to make a case for the Wolverines. And um, I I think it could be a tougher matchup than Ohio State was in the second round. And the Wildcats could run into some trouble here with a thin bench and a smaller front line. Jay Wright, as good as he is, he's down to six players basically right now. Colin Gillespie is his ace. Uh, Gillespie's going to have to shoot it better than he did against the Buckeyes when he was two for nine from three. One thing I like about the Wolverines is they switched to a matchup zone defense late in that game against Tennessee and, and kind of shut down the Volunteers' offense. And uh, Michigan has a size advantage here. That's pretty obvious. You're going to need a big game from Hunter Dickinson, uh, who should be a matchup problem on the front line. I'm taking a five with the Wolverines here. I think Juwan Howard's got a major asset, and Phil Martelli, his assistant coach, former St. Joe's coach, who knows how to game plan against Villanova, and that could be an X factor here. So I think Michigan can take this to the wire. Yeah. Okay, so I was making the case yesterday that maybe the most impressive team, all things considered, through two games of the tournament would be North Carolina. I mean, they did have a 25-point lead against Baylor before you know, a couple things happened there couple guys, you know, they lost a couple of players. One guy was ejected. Um, they lost their composure, and the referees turned into, you know, amateur hour. That said, uh, they had to hang on in overtime, and now they're catching two and a half against UCLA. What do you like here? I'm going to bet on Carolina here, plus two and a half, or maybe plus three, minus 125, if the line stays the same. I think a big factor in this game is going to be Jaime Hockwes, the Bruins forward. I think the team's most valuable player. He's questionable with a sprained right ankle, but he's a gamer. I expect him to play, but he's not going to be near 100%. UCLA has a tougher defense, a significant coaching edge here with Mick Cronin. Uh, I think the Tar Heels are equally talented, more talented offensively, and they're just hot at the right time. You talked about Brady Manick. He got ejected from that game. Well, he's going to be eligible to play here. He's not going to be suspended. But R.J. Davis and Brady Manick combined for 56 points in that win against Baylor. 
And it impressed me that the Eels were able to regroup and win that game in overtime because you probably thought, a lot of people probably thought without Manic and blowing a 25-point lead that the dog was going to be dead in OT. This is really a Jekyll and Hyde Tar Heels team. It's kind of tough to have too much confidence in them. Uh, but they are hot, and with the Hawkeyes injury, I think that's going to be a big concern for the Bruins. How about some leans? And are we getting a little bit carried away with this number now in the late game Thursday? Houston and Arizona. Arizona 33-3, and and it wasn't a great AAC this year because you know Wichita was down, other programs were down, but certainly uh, mm-hmm. Memphis gave Houston all they could handle and beat them twice. But I mean, what was this line about a month ago? Five, you think? What do you think of Houston now catching one and a half? Yeah, about a month ago, I probably would have made it around five. I, you know, Kelvin Sampson's got a coaching edge here. They like him or not, the guy's a sharp coach. Mm-hmm. Houston plays suffocating defense, but they struggle in half-court offensive sets. Arizona's deep, tall front line is the obvious advantage, but Benedict Matherin had 30 points in that uh, second round against TCU. Might be the best shooting guard in the nation. Uh, John Murray at the Westgate Superbook said they're starting to see sharp action come in on Houston. Uh, I lean to the Wildcats here at minus one and a half. And I think that the size advantage on the front line is going to be the biggest factor. Matherin, obviously, is, is going to be as well. But I can't bet this because I'm already invested in the favorite here with futures tickets on Arizona at 30-1 to 1 and 40-1. to 1. Okay. You think the Zags are laying too many points? Uh, I, you know, that's, that's a tough one for me because I was writing up this game for point spread weekly. And after, I thought Memphis was going to be a really difficult matchup for Gonzaga in the second round. Memphis, I took as a 10-point dog, and they led by 10 at halftime. Drew Timmy came out in the second half, and he saved the Zag season. Scored 21 of his 25, and in the second half had 14 rebounds. I just think Memphis was a, a tougher matchup because of their NBA-caliber athletes and their size. Razorbacks are not as big. The shooting is inconsistent. They went 10 for 37. That's 27% from three-point range in the two tournament games. Barely survived against Vermont and beat New Mexico State 53 to 48 in the second round, outscoring the Aggies 22 to six on free throws. Uh, so it's, I think it's tempting to play Eric Musselman here as a nine-point dog. But it's going to be a pass for me probably because uh, I thought the Zags did show something by escaping that Memphis scare, and um, I expect the Zags to advance. I don't think I'm going to play the dog here. What, what do you make of the Miami Iowa State number? That was the first game that I bet on Sunday night. I took Miami money line when it was uh, minus one fifteen and minus one twenty. I bet it a couple of times. I, I thought the number was going to be like three, Matt. I was really surprised Iowa State opened as a one point favorite. And I, I like your side here. I think the uh, the Hurricanes should have opened as a favorite. Obviously, it's a sharp money move to push the Hurricanes minus two and a half, minus one fifty right now. And uh, I did not bet that early enough. And at this point, I guess I would have to play the money line or live bet it if I'm going to play Miami. It's interesting. Got the Cyclones and the Hurricanes here. Uh, no half court offense for Iowa State's no work of art. It's it's a joke at times, but their defense is uh, serious. You got Cameron McGusty and the Hurricanes. They want to run. This game's going to be played at a much slower pace than Miami's seventy nine sixty one victory over Auburn. I think Iowa State's going to get the pace at once, but uh, I have a little bit more faith in Miami to win the game. So I think your side there with Miami is probably the right one. How concerned are you now that St. Peter's goes back home? Everyone's patting them on the back, and they're doing all these interviews and getting national media attention. Do you think Purdue blows them out? No, I don't. I don't think. And this is a David Goliath game, really, because Purdue's got two giants, Zach Eady, 7-4, and Trevion Williams. And really, Williams and uh, Jaden Ivey 
were outstanding. The best I've seen him play since early February in the same game against Texas over the weekend. But Purdue's style of play forces opponents to foul a lot. I think the officials were too whistle-happy in the Texas game. Purdue's got a plus-47 advantage and made free throws in the first two rounds. I actually kind of lean to the Peacocks here, plus-12.5. I think the Philadelphia crowd's going to get behind the Cinderella if the game's competitive in the second half. And here's one thing about Purdue. It was 0-9-1 against the spread in its last 10 games before this tournament. It's a team that tends to blow leads. We saw it against Texas. It was often emotional. A tough game against Texas. I think Purdue wins, but I, I think it's going to be somewhere in the eight to ten point range. I actually like the dog a little bit here with uh, the Peacocks. Okay, last thing, Matt. We have like a minute. What was your reaction when books opened up Texas Tech the favorite over Duke? Surprised. I thought it was going to be Duke minus one or one and a half. And um, this is one of those games. I think that unless you have a really strong opinion right now, you're probably better off by betting it. And I think that's what I'm mm. going to do as well. Uh, because you'll probably get a, a better number no matter which side you prefer in this game if you, if you lie better. Tech, I'm just not sure has the offense here. Duke's got so many more scores. Duke's got a problem defending the three-point line, but Tech is not a really good perimeter shooting team, so you can't really exploit Duke's weakness. It just kind of feels like a Duke-Gonzaga regional final is in the script. Even though I like Texas Tech, I really don't want to bet Texas Tech right now. Yeah, Well said. Follow him on Twitter, at MattHumans247. He tweets out his picks every day uh, in college basketball. And listen to him today on the edge at 4 o'clock Eastern 1 Pacific right here on VEASAN. Thanks, Matt. Good luck. All right. You bet. Thanks. Thank you. Yep. So he's on a bunch of plays. And uh, the two favorites there that he liked, well, his favorite plays, Michigan plus the five and North Carolina plus two and a half. He said maybe buy it up to three at plus, or I'm sorry, minus 125, or see if it goes to three as well. Uh, up next, I will tell you about uh, a way that I'm approaching the college hoops future market rather than betting on teams, plus another fun prop, the favorite move to $1.20. I still think it's worth a bet. Details on that coming up next. The Sports Betting Network. Want to get in shape but having trouble staying motivated? Make five-hour energy shots part of your lifestyle and get the energy boost you need to get fit with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's a perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. Get five-hour energy today. Okay, so we do have some news here this morning. In the National Football League, reports coming out right now that the Buccaneers are, in fact, re-signing running back Leonard Fournette. Looks like three years uh, between 21 and $24 million if he hits his incentives. Three years. Three yeah. years for him, yep. Are the Patriots going to do anything? Are the Packers going to do Man. anything? Oh, oh, God. Packers better do something. Well, because now... <laughs> Like a guy like Jarvis Landry, yeah, right. who was floated back, out there, sure. all of a sudden, oh, hold on a second here, I might go back mm-hmm. to Cleveland because the idea of playing with Deshaun Watson makes some sense to me. You know, and pretty soon, like, the entire market's going to be dry no matter what position you're talking about. But we're going to see this now about guys who are going to be super excited to go back there and probably take hometown discounts to play with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady because he he's coming back for one more year. Uh-huh. And that division... God, the AFC, my God. Every big-name player... Has gone to the AFC. Stayed put or gone to the AFC. Yep. 
I mean, look, the arms race, the AFC, the AFC West. Okay, even though the Packers lost Devontae Adams, when we get closer to the season, can I interest you in a Packers-Buccaneers division parlay? Oh, very interesting. Oh, so sure. am I. Absolutely. And I will make that bet. Yeah, yeah, concur. Mm-hmm. Buccaneers are going to be $3 before the season starts, probably. I thought this was a good tweet from Bill Barnwell, ESPN, uh, covers the NFL, talking about the best quarterback Brady's ever had to face in his division. Okay, Hall of Famers at the end of their careers, Favre at the age of 39, Breeze at 41. Josh Allen, pre-breakout, and then asking the question, Matt Ryan, Chad Pennington, Drew Bledsoe, who was it? That was uh, a, you know, a major indictment on the AFC East for 20 years. Oh, they couldn't get their act together. No, right? none of them could. Yeah. No? Nope. Um, uh, the Jets, were they were good with a couple years. They had the Sanchez and Rex Ryan with the, led by the defense. But right, it was... And then Miami had all their issues, and and Buffalo was going through a bad period too, bad stretch. And then he had a, you know, he goes to a division where the Saints were so good for so many years, and then it's like tail end breeze. He calls it quits. Uh, the coach says bye bye, I'm not coming back. So, uh, regardless, there is a pretty cool prop up here in Las Vegas at the South Point, and uh, the way that you can bet futures in college basketball, they made four different groups: A, B, C, and then the field. So Group A, and they did this a while back. They just keep you know adjusting the numbers. Group A, you still get Gonzaga, Purdue, UCLA, and Texas Tech. It's minus 120 to win the whole thing. So essentially, we're talking about the entire left side of the bracket. There's no Duke, but Gonzaga, Purdue, UCLA, and Texas Tech, minus 120. Group B, the remaining teams are only Arizona and Duke. That's plus 220. Mm-hmm. Group C, you get Kansas, Villanova, and Houston at Two to one. Group B, both they could be out. Of course they could be. Yeah. Yeah. And then the field, it's eight to one. You get Arkansas, Carolina, St. Peter's, Michigan, Providence, Iowa State, and Miami. I don't want the field. No, neither do I. Uh, To me, I mean, it's it's group A or group C. Yes. And C because of Kansas. And the draw that they get. And then, I mean, group A is Gonzaga, Purdue, UCLA, and Tech. And I might have to go over there today and bet that prop. Minus 120 on that. That's, pr- that's pretty strong. You know, we could get... Tough games the last two. UCLA, Carolina, and the Duke-Texas Tech game. Very difficult games. Yeah, but here's what we could get in the Elite Eight on that. The entire left side of the bracket. It could be Gonzaga versus Texas Tech and Purdue versus UCLA. And you're guaranteed one of those teams in the national title game. If that happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Very in play. Absolutely in play. Yep. Uh, and I will point this out as well. So I told you that I already have like future bets on Kansas, 14-1 to one to win the title. Over two and a half wins in the tournament at plus 120. They need one more. And two to one to win their region. Well, they're currently minus $2 to win their region and like five to one to win the tournament. So here's what I did yesterday to add a little bit more to Kansas. Again, just because they're going against Providence, seven and a half point favorites. They get the winner of Miami and Iowa State. They'll be a massive favorite in that game. So you really have to like their chances to go to the Final Four. So I added up by betting a couple of their players to win Most Outstanding Player yesterday. Abaji at plus 950, Remy Martin at 45 to 1, and Jalen Wilson at 70 to 1. Those are my bets to add to the Kansas portfolio that I have already. And there you can see some of the awards or numbers on the Most Outstanding Player. I added three Kansas players. So you could say, well, Mitch, what if another player wins it on Kansas? And you, okay, I'm taking that chance as of right now. But if they win the whole thing and I lose it on the player, that means I win every other bet that I made on this team. 
But I will add that I also did this to, uh, with Kentucky because I, I, I love that team this year, and I bet on their players to win the most of any player. So I'm taking a bath on Kentucky right now. That's the one team that's getting me. Bad. Gonzaga would be tough. I mean, Timmy was unbelievable in the second sure. half against, but, you know, so does, does Holmgren lead him? I mean, who, who's big in the rest of the games for Gonzaga? Sure. If it could be a balanced attack. And the what do, you, reason, do you think Holmgren would be a good pro? Put some meat on the bones, Eventually, but, yes, but, right, I mean, right, weight room and, right now, like, down low in the NBA, because he's a rim protector, right? And he's very good at that. But he, he wait, what is he, he's like 7'2", 180 pounds? I don't, yeah. I'm exaggerating, but, I mean, that, yeah. that's a feather in the NBA. I mean, he's going to have to put on a good, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds, whatever it is, a muscle. And But, yeah, I mean, his overall game, I think, is going to, you know, be very good. Don't you think so, eventually? I, someone compared him, but uh, I don't know. But they, they mentioned the Sean Bradley thing. I don't think there's. Uh, he's good from outside. I, I know. He's got an offensive game. He does, yeah. That was the other thing. That's the thing. But Bradley it, had problems keeping weight on. No, he did. He couldn't do it. Big, big Drinking problems, milkshakes yeah. every day. He yep. couldn't put weight on. Yeah, he was uh, not the shambo. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yes. Uh, so the reason why I didn't do it with Gonzaga is I don't have any futures on Gonzaga. And also, like. Their path to get to the championship game is much more difficult, in my opinion, than Kansas. Like I just broke down. I mean, I just yeah. We thought it when the region was announced. Like, looked at Kansas and like, you got to be kidding me. Like Bill Self, they gave Bill Self a magic marker and said, "Fill out your region, and then we'll we'll fill out the rest of the the bracket when you're done." Ridiculous. Sure. So they have no excuses this year. Good breakdown. Which means nothing, but. Props yeah, coming, too. Schedule Thursday's Dynamite. And we got a big NHL card tonight, too. We haven't forget Devils play tonight, and they are taking on the Rangers. And for the people who want a future, it also tipped us off to the uh, Rangers to win the division. Three back of Carolina. Carolina has lost four in a row. And I imagine it's, it's going to be Shesterkin tonight as Georgia. Some, first time in the 105-year history of the organization, a goalie for the Rangers had what, 45 saves and a shutout. So, uh, And that was Georgiev. But the Devils are on a 29-4 and run, goal in the first 10. One of the losers, though, against the Rangers the last time out. So that's the Devils are in action with these six streaks. And what uh, what's going on there? Carolina, goal in the first 10, no 15-2 and run. And then the, I agree with Jeff Davis, the Jets are too short. Vegas, all kinds of issues, can't score. They're on a back-to-back. Jets need it. They're on a 19-1 and overrun in the third period. And Columbus is on a 25-3 and run. Over in the third period. They uh, take on Pittsburgh. I bet it this morning when Davis was on the show with us. Winnipeg? Yeah, had to at minus yes. one four. About, yeah, way too low. Uh, I'll get to, I like the Islanders uh, to win a regulation, though. Taking on Ottawa at home. And you also have uh, the Kings at home against Nashville. Nashville on a back-to-back. Big that Edmont- Edmonton's on a back-to-back. Big they got a point last night in Colorado. Lost in overtime. Uh-huh. They are playing well. They really are. But it's just vague. Again, you're running out of time. You can't stay healthy. You, you, you can't score, but their schedule's bizarre coming up. At Winnipeg, Nashville at home, and they go they go Seattle, Seattle, Vancouver, Vancouver, Arizona, Vancouver for the Knights coming up, late March into early April. So their chance for them to, uh, but all these teams are, 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 either behind them or in front of them have games in hand. That's the other thing that could get them. And we know people that got 9 and 11 to 1. Hello, to uh, to miss the playoffs. Sure, but this is yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. And, you, you and finally, think, Edmonton's playing well. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. You think the Golden Knights are going to miss yeah. the playoffs? Look okay. at the look at the games in hand. Look at the the teams behind them. Okay, so by the way, are you on the Devils Rangers game? 
assuming it is Shesterkin going tonight in net, it's a dollar sixty. I like for it. a goal in the first half. Yeah, I like it, and I, I know the one, the two nothing, the empty net job the other night, but that the shots were like forty five to sixteen in that game, right? And, and Georgie have stood on his head, but since the, you know, they had those couple bizarre runs games five two six two seven four four three. Now it's been more of the Ranger hockey. How Gallant wants it two one two one and two nothing. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you have to go goal in the first ten in, in the Devils game. All right, let's follow the money here on Vsin the Sports. Betting Network. We will get into the NBA coming up next. Brian Mahoney has covered the league for a long time for the Associated Press. He lives in New York. So he uh, is well-versed on this whole situation with Kyrie Irving, the mandates, the vaccine, uh, whether or not he can play down the stretch. We'll get into that with him. And also kick around some awards with Brian. He does have a vote. Uh, yesterday, Scotty Barnes, we talked about that for Rookie of the Year, 7-1. to one. Is that worth a shot, or does he like Mobley to win it? We'll ask him coming up next. <laughs> 